Good morning. It's good to see everyone. Today I'm talking to somebody who's been there for me for pretty much my entire in-house career. She's someone I admire both as an in-house lawyer and a privacy professional. I am, I'm also a privacy professional. Privacy has been my love uh, and the reason why I went to law school in the first place. Um, so it has a very special place in my heart. And the conversation we'll have is about what it means to be an advisor and how to grow through being one um, outside of your full-time job. Um, there are definitely opportunities to do that. And I encourage folks to think about their growth in a more holistic way, both at their current job and take advantage of what it has to offer, but also with the opportunity outside. Before I let her introduce herself, um, I'm going to say that she has been nominated by folks who joined this conversations. And I rely on you to let me know who I should talk to next, next who has insights about things that are personal, professional, or community related, because we know that in-house lawyers are humans first and they have many lives and ways to contribute. So let me know if you have any recommendations about who I should talk to next. And without further ado, Alexandra, welcome to Notes to My Legal Self. I, um, I'm so excited that I do them because I get a chance to catch up with, with my friends. <laughs> it's so nice to see you. I mean, we've known each other for several years, but we haven't seen each other since all of this COVID um, nonsense. So it's really nice to connect with you. Let's introduce yourself, where you are today. Yes. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Alexandra Ross. Um, I am the Senior Director of Privacy, um, Data Use and Ethics at Autodesk, which means that I manage a team of attorneys and we support the strategy, governance and legal issues related to our global privacy, security, data use and ethics programs. That, that, is, that is really cool. I know you've been in privacy for a very, very long time. I, I like to say from the beginning, the, the funny thing about the beginning is that a lot of people think that it was still in the beginning. So let's just say for a very long time. Um, and I like that your role uh, has a sort of legal and business component because data really ties to a lot of like who we are as, as a business. Um, and I definitely want to kind of tap into that kind of business legal role that you have. Um, tell me kind of what was the journey before Autodesk, what were you doing? How did you get to, to be at Autodesk, which is an amazing, iconic company in the Valley? Yeah, so so for those of you who, who aren't familiar with Autodesk or only know Autodesk from our flagship product, AutoCAD, let me just take a quick minute and explain what Autodesk is. It's, it's essentially a design company. So we offer um, products and services in a range of verticals. So we have a construction um, space, we have a manufacturing and engineering space and also media and entertainment. So I've been at Autodesk almost, I'm trying to say like nine or 10 years now. Um, and prior to that, I, I, I can't imagine that because I remember when you joined. I know it's been a really long time and time flies. Time flies when you're working really hard and time flies when you're building up a team. Because when I started at Autodesk, there, there were two privacy attorneys and now we have a whole team of privacy attorneys and a privacy operations team. And so it's been a busy couple of years. Um, prior to Autodesk, I did a couple of years of consulting um, and sort of finding my way 
um, between jobs. Um, prior to that, I worked at Walmart um, at their dot-com division based out in California, but also supporting Walmart stores and Sam's Club and a lot of the things they were doing globally. Um, and I led their privacy team at the time um, and did a lot of privacy and security work for them. And then before that, gosh, like, you know, digging deep into my memory here, I started out as a, a intellectual property associate at a law firm in San Francisco that no longer exists called Thielen, Reed and Priest. And that's where I first started doing a little bit of privacy. You know, this was way back in the day before GDPR when, when privacy work was primarily data breach, um, you know, children's privacy issues, can spam, and, you know, not as much um, of the, the work that keeps us busy today. Really cool. Um, yeah, I remember being interested in privacy in law school and uh, all we had to go off was the Fourth Amendment cases. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, it always was interesting to me. And, you know, it, it, I started out doing a lot of intellectual property work and licensing and trademark and negotiating deals. And, the, you know, I sort of wanted to find a, a niche area to distinguish myself from the other intellectual property attorneys, you know, who I, I value. And I think that's a great um, practice area as well. But I always was interested in the kind of privacy, security, data side of things. And at that point in time, you know, the internet and everything that was happening in San Francisco with startups and technology companies, it just really seemed like, hey, this is going somewhere. And thankfully, I was right. I actually kind of think of it as a sort of really great career strategy to get in as things are building. Because to your point, I had a similar past. I was an IP lawyer. Uh, I had an I actually did have an interest in privacy, but I did find privacy easier to navigate. And the reason for that is because I, like everyone else, had no idea <laughs> what the law is. And so I was not seen as someone who, you know, who didn't have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of experience as, uh, you know, folks have, you know, I was a litigator at the time. You know, there are people who had 20 years of experience. And by definition, I would always have less for a long time. Whereas privacy sort of felt like, you know, we can, we can learn together and I can, mm -hmm. I can advance. And my um, being fresh out of law school was actually not at all an impediment. And in fact, if anything, I was more eager than anyone else and had an advantage there. So I think that's a great strategy uh, on sort of career growth. But today I want to talk to you about different strategy, strategy of sort of growing through advising. Mm -hmm. and you and I had a brief conversation about it. I guess maybe let's sort of start kind of, how you think of advising, like what are different kinds of advisings are, you know, yeah. like what is this kind of, what is the universe of, of possibilities here? Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I think you can think about it in a, in a variety of ways. You can think about it in a spectrum. So there's the formal advisory roles that you might have, you know, for as a board member, for example, or, or as, a, as an advisor to a company. Um, and then there's mentoring and managing, and then there's coaching. And each of those are sort of different contexts or different formalities or different types of approaches that you might take. Um, so you're giving professional advice if you're a board member or an advisor. Um, you're giving some sort of mentoring advice if you're talking about your peers or your colleagues or your direct reports that you're doing some sort of management 
oversight or helping mentor them with their career and professional development. And then there's, you know, other things that you can do with other organizations, you know, mentoring women in privacy or mentoring, um, you know, things that are outside of your own, um, you know, company where you just might want to be giving back to um, the legal environment, or you might be wanting to work with uh, junior attorneys and helping them with your career path. I mean, I think a lot of Olga, what you're doing with this podcast is very much in that kind of advisory mentorship space. Um, You know, and then there's that kind of everyday, even like personal life, like how can you advise your friends or your family that can get like a little bit more sticky sometimes. But, you know, I see it in sort of a different um, spectrum. And and what I really have been focused on in the past couple of years is kind of the more formal side of things is trying to find more opportunities for myself and for others to participate with those formal advisory and board member roles. But through my career, I've been drawn to and I've been pursuing a lot of the other kind of mentorship and more informal advisory roles. I, I like I like thinking in spectrum. I think the world is rarely black and white. It's a lot of shades of gray and navigating them successfully is really kind of um, a skill. Um, it's, it's partially a legal skill, but it's also I think is a human skill to, to be comfortable in shades of gray. Um, so I like the way you sort of thinking from kind of formal to mentoring to coaching. Um, and, then, and then typically, are we talking about outside of your full-time job or are you talking part of that? Or are you, are you like do, taking the same approach in both? Yeah, so I think it can be it can be both. So, so, so right now I have a full-time job at Autodesk that keeps me very busy, but I also have um, two external advisory uh, roles that I participate in. One is um, I'm an advisor to a startup called Breach RX. They are a privacy incident management platform. So they offer automation and um, ways that legal departments and privacy professionals can better manage privacy and security incidents. So they're a fairly small company. I've been working with them for about a year and a half in a formal you know, advisory role. So that's outside of what I do at Autodesk. Um, and I'm also an innovators evangelist, which is a type of advisor to a uh, privacy advocacy group that Lourdes Terecha started called the Rise of Privacy Tech. And in that capacity, I'm providing advisory and sort of privacy expertise to this organization that brings together tech uh, founders, as well as experts like myself and advocates and um, investors so that we can mature the privacy tech space. Oh, I just love it. And you just mentioned Lourdes, who I just love. <laughs> yeah, you should have her on this podcast if you haven't already. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm supportive. <laughs> Thank you for the nomination. Lourdes is amazing. She's a former in-house lawyer who is doing some really fantastic things. She's, she's a fantastic person. She inspires me, you know, <laughs> daily when I see her posts. Um, I love how um, you know you you um, you you know you have the sort of adventures in startups, um, adventures with organizations, and adventures with full time jobs. I, I think of my life as a series of adventures, um, and I have grown through various ones, including something like this. So I actually want to kind of take them one by one, mm-hmm. to kind of a little bit, kind of like flesh out the details 
um, of, of kind of how they, how you kind of mature to those roles and then kind of what are the benefits. So let's talk about the, the bridge RX. I am just curious, how did this relationship, you know, initiate it and, and what were the stages of, of, of blooming it? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I actually was introduced through the rise of privacy tech and, and through this sort of matching program that that is part of the, the rise of privacy tech offering. So I had been talking to Lourdes and I had I think I had, hadn't officially joined um, as this innovators evangelist, which is the fancy word that she calls the people that have been in privacy for a while that she calls experts. Um, but she had been putting together, she'd been putting people together. So founders, startups who were looking for advisors and people like myself who were interested in sort of branching out from their day-to-day -day work, supporting privacy programs and using their expertise um, and sort of finding new challenges. So we were introduced, we had a couple of phone calls. I think this was right around the time of COVID. So we, we hadn't actually met in person until recently. We'd been doing all this work virtually, but I met, I met Andy Lunsford, um, who's the founder, and Matt Hartley, who's his co-founder. And we just talked and, you know, they showed me a demo of the program and, and I was very impressed. And we've been we've been working together for the last year and a half. So it was kind of an organic thing in terms of the the introduction. But I had been thinking about what what was sort of next for me in my career and, and thinking about ways that I could contribute and ways that I could sort of stay active and, and, and find new challenges and things that are interesting outside of the day to day work that I do on behalf of Autodesk. Really cool. And, um, you know, it sounds like a series of conversations. I, what were the stages? I, I may or may not have thought about it because people ask me that question before and I'm like, I don't know. I just went through life and things happened. So sometimes putting a framework on your life is a, is a, is a, is a, is, is a, is a hard exercise, but I'm just sort of curious in how that relationship progressed. So you had a conversation or two, you saw the product. What's next? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was really, it was really just um, um, and kind of relationship building, just like any other, you know, relationship that you build with your business colleagues or dating or anything else where you sort of get to know the person. And I explained what I had to offer, sort of my frame of reference, you know, where I thought I could add value to this particular company and its stage of growth. Um, and BreachRx, the two founders, you know, explained their story and sort of their their purpose and their passion for this particular technology. And we had a series of conversations as it really kind of grew organically. And, you know, and I'll say I was, I was introduced and I was matched up with a couple of other companies at that time as well. And we had some conversations and it wasn't a good fit for a variety of reasons. You know, either I wasn't, you know, thinking this is a product that I think is necessarily viable, or maybe I didn't have the technical or sales capacity that they were interested in, or, you know, they, they already had enough advocates or they were, you know, in a different time zone or whatever it was. So there, there was a, there, there were other companies that I was talking to that, that didn't have the same fit that I ended up having with BreachRx. Yeah. And, um, in, in that sense of BreachRx, do you, do, do you, um, do you, do you serve as a consultant? Are you sort of in the formal, um, 
board, advisory board role where you know you may be compensated through being on a cap table. Like how 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 formal is that relationship? Yeah, it's a good question, and one of the things that you know the the rise of privacy tech is looking to put put together in the coming hopefully this year is some more sort of um, guides to how to have some of those conversations about compensation with startups when you're acting as an advisor because there there's a variety of different ways to do it there's the sort of formal board member which i am not because there is no board yet at breach rx um, i am an advisor and i have an agreement with them that's primarily sort of you know compensation through stock and other things there's not an hourly rate that i'm you know being paid for so it's more you know i have um, I have an interest in their long-term success, but there are other advisors um, that do get paid, you know, on an hourly kind of consultant basis. That's not that's not the way that I negotiated it with BreachRx. But one of the things that we've been talking about with the rise of privacy tech is giving more guidance to people, you know, explaining what are the benefits of being an advisor, kind of more like how to become an advisor, why why it's um, a good thing to consider why it's so important. Um, and then the kind of the nitty gritty how to, you know, how to meet prospective companies, what are some of the things that you want to ask them? And how do you have those discussions? And then, you know, the, the compensation details. I personally have advised numerous startups, many of them have fantastic exits. Um, you know, I remember my very, very, I, I didn't really think of it as a thing. I, um, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I like things related uh, to innovation, especially in technology, especially if they have a law component, not to give them legal advice, but they're building in, in regular regulated area or uh, sell to, to legal population. Um, and uh, I was advising one of the, my very, very first advising um, uh, opportunity, was, which was kind of... Um, very organic because we sort of uh, we uh, we met on Bart uh, as I was going home. He turned out to know my husband, um, and then he was uh, my husband had no idea who this guy was. Um, <laughs> and then um, you know I was advising him for a couple of years, and at which point he said, "Olga, have you considered being an advisor? You know, actually kind of being on the." Um, uh, on the, uh, you know, have a formal agreement and being on my cap table. I didn't even know that was a saying, and I was doing quite a lot of work. And I, and I, and I was sort of, well, tell me more. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I was like, yeah, that sounds fantastic. He was like, yeah, I wondered about that because, you know, I have a few relationships like this, and you're the only one who never asked. <laughs> and I just sort of, I was like, oh, I'm the one who doesn't ask. <laughs> yeah. So well, it's, it's interesting, and I think, you know, some, some of this happens, you know, from referrals or relationships or people you know, or you're sort of in, you're at an industry event, you're at a privacy conference, and you get introduced to people, or someone thinks of you as a good fit. So I think part of you know, I guess, you know, advice to people who are interested in pursuing this, you know, pursuing being advisors in a kind of more formal, you know, either board member or advisory role to companies is think about, you know, your network of people. Think about who who can get you introduced and also what area you're interested in, because I was very much focused on um, technology companies in the privacy and security space. So, you know, this whole ecosystem that's starting to uh, develop of privacy tech. 
So companies that are developing solutions to help companies like Autodesk and other large technology companies manage their privacy and security programs. So whether that's consent management or privacy impact assessments or, you know, things, the tools that are going to help companies with their privacy compliance. So I had already sort of identified that as an area of interest. Um, and that's part of the reason that Breach RX was attractive to me. And that's part of the reason that I support the rise of privacy tech. I'm going to put it out there that compensation is an important benefit of all your adventures in life. Um, they may be more or less important depending who you are and where stage you're in, but it is an important component. And, and don't be the one who doesn't ask. Um, that, that's, that's maybe uh, a lesson there. But aside from that, what are the other sort of benefits uh, that you've experienced and in that relationship? Because it sounds like this is a relationship we had for a while. It is mutually satisfying. It's a fit. You have a strong belief in what they're building. What are other benefits? It's a startup. It may or may not work out in there. You may yeah. or may not be compensated. But when something makes you get up in the morning and still want to be helpful. That's right. That's right. So I think, you know, aside from, you know, making, making millions of dollars and being able to retire, you know, that whole, you know, potentiality, you know, the, the, the draw to me is really the relationship with the people. So that's why I think it's so important to pick the company very carefully or pick the organization very carefully, because if you are going to be spending your time and maybe it's volunteer hours, or maybe you're not going to be fully compensated in, you know, your sort of normal rate of what, you know, you would be charging if you were a consultant or what you're making in your, you know, your, your, your day job at your company. Um, it's the connecting with people and offering something of value. I think it's also, I enjoy seeing people that I care about succeed. So whether it's um, Breach RX and the founders that I believe in, whether it's Lourdes and her organization, or whether it's mentoring, um, you know, my team at Autodesk, I spend time with them and I go above and beyond and I try to be empathetic and help them with their professional and career development because I care about them. And I, I want to share my skills and expertise and give back and hopefully, you know, give them some information that they're going to find useful. Um, so a lot of it is that sort of emotional um, emotional relationship aspect that I find um, the most valuable that isn't quantifiable in, in financial terms. I think it's also a learning experience. You know, I think there's something about being an advisor and challenging yourself outside of your comfort zone or, you know, I'm in an ancillary um, kind of topic area because I'm working with with companies and organizations that are in this privacy space, but I'm learning something new every day that I talk to the founders of BreachRx about their technology or about their sales strategy or about their, you know, what's happening with their investor rounds. So for me, it's, it's learning from them and they're also learning from me. So there's that sort of symbiotic relationship that I also really enjoy. Yeah. I, uh, for me, it was kind of similar, but, Maybe to add on, um, in terms of learning, it was um, really actually doing things that I couldn't do in my day-to-day -day job. Um, I, I just have, I, I, and I think many lawyers, many professionals are also learners. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I, I'm like a professional learner. I like to learn new things. I'm, I'm really curious. And, um, and, and it's just really um, an opportunity to learn. And, and, I've, and I've grown quite a lot. 
um, and learned a lot about various industry related or unrelated through those uh, formal informal relationship. And I love the kind of the, the, the formal mentor coaching spectrum that you introduced to this conversation. Um, the other one for me was also test driving people. Uh, because whether you take it to a different level, whether you join eventually as a full-time employee or a consultant or anything like that, will very much for me depend on whether or not, you know, the CEO or executives will actually like give it a thought of what I have to say. Uh, being heard and being listened to on some level is, is important to me as a professional. I, I, I feel that even an hour of my time should be super impactful and I have something to add to the conversation. And if it's not happening, we may have a challenge and as, you know, as in I may not be interested. So uh, that, that, that's another reason for me to do that. You, you've come back to the conversation of organizations other than sort of, you know, here's a startup and you have a discrete role that may be evolving. You know, we mentioned Lourdes organization. You and I, I think initially met on ACC and both okay. were on the board of San Francisco no. Bay Area chapter. I met some fantastic phenomenal leaders. It was such a pleasure to be part of that. That whole thing, I, I just, I have such warm memories about that as growing as, as, as a young professional, as a lawyer, as a in-house lawyer. And, and, we, and I think that's when you joined uh, Autodesk as well. I guess, how do you think about this organization, relationship with organizations? In a, maybe it's, just, it's a very different relationship. Yeah. It's, a, it's a relationship with more, with, like Lourdes is more of your peer. Um, and, and kind of how, how, why would you do that and how you structure it and how you think about those relationships? Yeah, the ACC Bay Area chapter, that was one of the first forays that I had into kind of volunteering my time. You know, maybe I did, I did the, the SFIPLA, I think way, way back in the day I was on the board or I was putting together some, some conferences and things for, for an IP organization. So, yeah, I think, I think there's value there as well. And I think that's, you know, I didn't say this at the very beginning, but I think that's a very valuable use of people's time if they, if they want to commit to that. So, you know, in the privacy space, there's the international association of privacy professionals. There's a lot of, um, opportunities with local barrier uh, or local um, bar association chapters and the American Corporate Council Association where you can, uh, I mean, some of the things that you and I did, we were on the board, but we were also putting together CLE programming. And, you know, so I got a chance to meet um, a lot of a lot of experts in the field because we were putting together panels on privacy and e-commerce and I was moderating and I was trying to think about content strategies as well as like working on the board. So for me, again, it was something that was creative. It was entrepreneurial. It was meeting people. It was kind of getting out there, you know, in something that was complementary to what I was doing at the time, whether I was working at the law firm or whether I was working at Walmart or whether I was working at Autodesk. It it was a it was a way to network um, and meet a lot of really interesting and fun people and do something that was something creative and a little bit different than you know negotiating a contract or writing a privacy policy like it was a little bit um, it was similar but different enough to kind of keep me interested um, I like to have a variety of things going on in my life not like completely chaotic but I like to have you know I like to be dabbling <laughs> in a lot of different things I think if I was only working a full-time job at Autodesk I would be a little bored and I would want some new challenges and new things to do so that's why 
I do these, you know, volunteer or paid advisory roles. That's why I do a lot of speaking engagements at conferences. It's kind of to keep me interested in privacy, but keep keep kind of my, um, I don't know, there's something about that sort of keeping on 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 top of like interesting topic areas, whether whether it's AI, machine learning, whether, you know, just kind of like keeping my feelers out there and what's yeah. happening. And I think being parts of, part of these organizations is a way to kind of stay fresh um, so that you can, you can get new insights about new topic areas. Or you can have conversations with colleagues in a different context than what, what's your day to day at your job. Yeah. Keeping your hand on the pulse is definitely one of the things. Uh, and uh I, one of the other things, and I, I still remember it, at some point you published a book. Um, yeah. And I thought, wow, that is so cool. Um, I didn't know any in-house lawyer at the time who published the book. And your book was not even meant for lawyers. It was meant for members of the public. And I was like, so cool. I was just really inspired. So that opportunity to, to be mentored by your peers, I find it very valuable. Um, some peers are ahead of you. Some peers are have different adventures. Some are just beginning. But um, they're they're kind of trying different things, and I, I you know you did quite a few things. And then I, at the time I was interviewing folks for ACC, I had an opportunity to interview you. I learned so much. That was one of the conversations that I learned so much at the time. So for me, those the, the sphere relationship was valuable. And then I have people like yourself who are kind of part of my journey as I grow up as a as a professional. And it's just it's kind of amazing to kind of. You know, do that for each other. It's it just makes it so much more satisfying to be a professional. I think. Yeah, and I and I think the privacy community is very supportive of one another, and and we do have a lot of fun together. We do create a lot of really good things together, whether it's the ACC or whether it's what Floridus is doing or the IPP. So I do feel like it's a valuable. Um, exercise. I mean, there's been some things that I did either early in my career, I remember in college, you know, being on committees or being in organizations that I didn't feel were good use of my time or weren't well run or well organized. And you're sort of sitting in this, you know, committee meeting thinking like, this is just not a good use of my time. So I think picking, picking the organization and picking your focus area and picking the people and learning how to exit gracefully. Exactly. <laughs> learning how to get out of those situations where you're like, you know what, this is just not a good fit for me, or this is not a good use of my time. Or, you know, sort of outgrowing particular organizations or thinking about ways that, you know, you you want to give give the opportunity to someone else. You know, I've been doing a lot of work with the IAPP over the past several years where they have different advisory boards, you know, the privacy bar, or they have a, you know, different committees. And, and I've been doing that for, for a long time. And I, I'm, I'm cycling off, you know, the second year of the privacy bar advisory board. And, and I need to think about, do I want to volunteer for another IAPP committee? Or do I want to maybe take a break from IAPP and do something else? Um, so, you know, I don't have to make those decisions right now. And I, I really value the IAPP. I think they are a great organization, but it may be that I've sort of outlived um, the things that I can do in that capacity at the IAPP, or maybe there are other opportunities that I need to pursue within that organization. But, you know, part of it is just being 
curious, like you said, being diligent, doing your homework about, you know, what are the organizations where you can find some sort of advisory role, like in the broadest sense of the term, because I think the IPP has a lot of different um, opportunities. You can be a knowledge net chair, you can be on their formal board of directors. They have a bunch of different advisory boards that help them um, pull together their conferences, do their, you know, their articles and their white papers. Um, and, and I've really found value value out of interacting with the IAPP leadership, as well as the other um, in-house counsel and privacy professionals that I've met with the IAPP. Yeah, IAPP is phenomenal. I joined it when the organization was two years old. Um, <laughs> I know, they're so big now. It's crazy. It's really crazy. I, I, I will never look at them the same way. But you made a really good point. And I, I'm coming to the end. And, you know, I, I do want you to start thinking, oh, what is one takeaway you want folks to, to, to get? And while you're thinking about it, you know, um, I think you made a really good point about, about, considering entering an organization and exiting. And sometimes you exit because it's not a fit. And sometimes you exit because you grew out of it. And I think being, um, you know, and, and it has two components. And it has a component, hey, you should, somebody else may benefit from this opportunity much more. How much does it really add to you at this point? Um, and, you know, it, 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 some, there's something about, you know, sort of mentoring the next person and giving them the opportunity and see them get the benefit that you received once. I think it's really, I've now done it many times and actually quite intentional. I've given away quite a lot of things in my life. Um, and I, and I actually like it even more than entering, uh, because it's just, um, just really satisfying. Uh, but another thing is it's sort of the same thing you do was, you know, when I was 12 and I grew out of my pants, you don't blame the pants. <laughs> you sort of get the new pair because you yeah. grew out and professionalists, you know, physically I stayed the same size since I was 13. So that's not happening, but, but professionally I grow out of things. Um, and, uh, part of growing, you know, is creating room for new mm -hmm. and, and, and somehow uh, we don't always do that intentionally. And I think that should be an intentional practice, sort of the, 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 um, the, 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 the art of tidying up your professional life. Um, you know, does it still give me joy? I think yeah. that's a really good question to ask. Um, and uh, it, it, because you really want to, um, if you want to, if you are growing intentional and you're not sort of asleep behind the wheel, you will be not asking, what can I bring on? You will also ask yourself a question, what should I be leaving behind? Yeah. And, and what does that mean? Um, but um, Alex, this was a great conversation because I, um, I, I definitely think that advising is a is full spectrum of options and you can really leverage it as a professional, even with a full-time job to propel yourself forward. I've, I've done it many, many times and, and you did as well too. What is one thing that you would want folks to take away from this conversation? Or maybe one thing that you haven't said that you, you really want them to know? Yeah, well, I, I think I want to point out a couple, you know, areas where, where people are, what holds people back from being an advisor, right? Thinking that you don't have anything of value to offer, thinking that you're not far enough along in your career that, you know, you, you have enough experience. So I, I would just challenge people to question that assumption, you know, is, is there something that, 
you would find valuable in a relationship with some sort of organization, um, like some of the ones we mentioned, or a startup where you could offer, you know, your your skills and experience um, and be an advisor. You know, it is a time commitment, so you have to think about how it fits into to your life and how how you can make sufficient time and, and sort of manage expectations there. But I think that sort of fear and uncertainty or hesitancy that people have about being an advisor, you know, I. I would I would definitely advocate and encourage people to to find ways that they can um, be a trusted advisor. You know, what does that mean to to develop recommendations for companies, for people, for teams, for your business colleagues? Like, how do you do that effectively and to actually acknowledge that you do have something to offer? You know, that's such a great point. Um, You you know, many of us think that. the knowledge somehow magically appears at a certain age or point of our seniority. But I think we all have something to offer to someone um, and, and, and learning through that experience. And, 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 and that's a very important realization that, that you can be in that role, you know, throughout your career and grow together. Um, I think that's a very, very significant insight. Alex, thank you so much. This was a fantastic conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and I, and, and I really like catching up with you. <laughs> it's really great to catch up with you as well. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. And um, if people have other questions or want to contact me about advisory roles or mentoring, you know, please reach out because I, I can always make the time. Thank you so much. And I second that. Alex will always find the time to mentor you many times. So that is, that is absolutely true. And take her up on that because... She is really good. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining. Um, I hope you took something away from here. Uh, it's I, 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 I highly encourage think advising in and outside of your full-time job as an opportunity to grow and ways to explore sharing knowledge and, and being generous and propelling yourself and other people forward. I think uh, it's definitely very satisfying and is a strategy that works. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, this conversation happened because folks make nominations and Alex just made a nomination for Lourdes. So Lourdes, <laughs> I'm coming after you. Um, and uh, so if you have other nominations, ping me, DM me, uh, write to me. I, I, I read everything that comes across my desk. I'm, I'm a lawyer. So that's what I do. So thank you so much. I'll see you next week. Thank you, everyone. Bye.